Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. Graham McIntosh, he is a former member of parliament for the Democratic Alliance and up until very recently was still a member of the Democratic Alliance, but he has since left the party and in his letter explaining why he's leaving the party, he in effect says, I can't coexist in a political party that has Christopher Pappas telling the whole world he's gay at every chance that he gets. He is, as uh, Graham McIntosh says in his letter, promoting the gay agenda. It is none of my business and should be none of my business what he does in his bedroom, irritatingly, Graham McIntosh says. And he left the party. I guess for the Democratic Alliance, they should really be saying good riddance because they have one less homophobe in the party speaking on behalf of or claiming to represent the party. But Graham McIntosh's homophobia and bigoted disdain for a gay politician is not new, neither is it unusual in South Africa. In fact, many politicians and people in power just in general are forced into silence around their sexuality, are told, don't speak about it too much, you're alienating our audience or you're alienating our target market, they're told. But Christopher Papas is saying, no, this is a big part of who I am. It's an important part of who I am. But what does it mean when we silence people in positions of influence and power? Society silences them into keeping quiet about their sexuality. Is it a denial of the full expressions of themselves, a denial of their fundamental parts, fundamental parts of their identity? And joining me for this conversation this evening is Steve. Uh, Steve founder. Uh, Steve is the founder and executive director of Excess Chapter 2 and is a human rights advocate. Steve, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Welcome to Night Talk. Good evening to you and to the listeners of SAFM. Steve, are you surprised at all by uh, the response that uh, Christopher Pappas has received from society about his sexuality and very specifically from within his own party, given the letter written by Graham McIntosh? Look, you know, there's one part of how we want to characterize McIntosh's uh, response. Um, but I want us to take a little bit of a uh, few steps back in terms of how LGBTI people have uh, been silenced and have been denied, have been, you know, shunned uh, for many centuries, um, you know, for stepping out and being themselves because of heteronormativity. And in fact, what uh, Christopher, um, you know, is saying and doing, it's a clear sign um, of homophobia and how they want to promote that the only way of living is a heteronormative way in society. Anything outside that must never be entertained or must never be spoken about. And it's the very same silence that has costed life, that has brought a toll of injustice for a lot of LGBTI people. And, and now that you have and, you know, I mean, this is not even just about purpose, but it's it's really about the consistent reality of LGBTI people that just by virtue of 
coming out or uh, or expressing your significant part of you know your living of identity publicly um you know you're not you you are now denied to be yourself and that's exactly what it is um and and that is the problem that lgbti people come across on a yeah. daily basis let's take a quick pause here and do some some foundational perhaps even rudimentary educative work here what is heteronormativity it's a way of the world seeing itself and working but what is it you know um if you look at um how we characterize heteronormativity you know there's a kind of a, a default way of the only sexual orientation of or of relationship that exists it's only between a man and a woman um you know it's it's how the society perceive that anything outside the norm cons- is considered um not normal um if you are da- if you are a woman dating a woman if you are a, a man dating a man or if you are a woman date or a person whose uh, you know preference or preference is uh, women and men not of course same time but really your 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 interest is that if anything that's outside the what is perceived as a norm and i'll put that in exclamation mark yeah. and that is between a man and a woman it's normal it's not normal so the idea of heteronormative it's a default approach of the correct sexual orientation in society yeah uh, heteronormativity i would assume also tells us that it is celebrated accepted and viewed as endearing when a male politician talks about the support he receives from his loving wife but it is mm. seen as uh, it is seen as with shunned upon when a male politician talks about the support uh, and 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 love from his husband. That's how heteronormativity divides the world. I would assume in this case it presents itself as that. That's exactly that because it's what it's assumed as the binary, um, you know, that often is around the sexual and marital relation of of the people. Um, you know, uh, uh, in this case of the opposite sex. And it's okay for, um, you know, any person to speak about their wife. Uh, in re- in this regard, a man will speak about my, my wife supports me or my wife does that. And it's okay to do that. But if a, a gay man speaks about their husband, why are they speaking publicly and why are they displaying it? Um, you know, no, no, no one is having sex in public here, but just yeah. by virtue of embracing and and embracing your desire or your your love for your partner, then when it's same sex is perceived as a problem. And that's exactly what McIntosh has presented in this regard. Oftentimes, homophobes wow. say things like, yeah, you guys are spreading your gay agenda. You remember this in South Africa is in part of the mainstream mm. narrative as far back as Senzo and Jason having their first on air or on screen kiss uh, on, 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 on television, never seen before in South Africa. And, and it was like, yeah, what are they trying to do? The media now spreading their gay agenda. That is what society says. What, what do they do? You understand at all what they mean by that? 
You know, uh, it's quite interesting. Uh, uh, people, people, in fact, people have now new definitions um, that they bring out. Uh, you know, the term "gay agenda," uh, um, which is often used uh, by the very same uh, uh, heterosexuals. Um, you know, who are predominantly, you know, fundamentalists in, in their approach of looking at what is acceptable or what is normalized in society, um, you know, and what is the gay agenda. And in fact, they probably not even know gay agenda more than us as queer people, <laughs> uh, for that matter. And it's quite, it, it really gets interesting. But what is, what is, what is quite interesting also in society, it's okay to speak about what is being promoted. I mean, one soapy out of thousands, thousands of soapies that represent, you know, heterosexual sex, explicit scenes that even the 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 film <laughs> and 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 publication does not even have control of that nobody will speak about it until just two men kiss. That's a propaganda. That's an agenda mm. uh, 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 for that. So, you know, in fact, they will even block the road and they will ban the, 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 the soapy for, for, for that. But I mean, we've seen it within labor. There was this uh, film uh, that was released a few years ago. And I'm telling you, there was all hell broke loose, mm. <laughs> you know, that no, the scene there, you know, it must be above 18. In fact, it's not supposed to be around 18, 16, you know, the age of restriction, all of these issues were were there. But, but nobody speaks about what constitutes um, appropriate scenes or appropriate language and so forth and throughout these years we've seen languages we've seen um, policies transforming take for instance when you look at the education sector that speaks about comprehensive sexuality education for the development of young people that actually speaks about the bodies the changes and you know the puberty the development of a child that even parents without understanding the content of the curriculum itself that we are so ready to say this is promoting uh, 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 the gay agenda or yeah. it's promoting LGBTI without really understanding the context itself. Take what is happening with, with, with within a society, cultural or, or, or faith uh, uh, spaces that we are not able to interrogate or debate healthy conversations that speaks to humanity in its current form, that actually people can develop and can have the capacity to take appropriate and well-informed decisions about their lives. But what we are so much of a rushed, um, we are able to say a gay agenda which promotes same sex that may actually challenge what people always assume 
pro-life, assuming that gay mm. people don't want babies and they don't want children. And for heaven's sake, people must really get on, you know, themselves over themselves around that. Because mm. even gay people have got families, they've got bodies, they've got wombs, they've got spams, all of those things and um, that can contribute to pro-life. And it's none of just that... the mechanism. And yeah. it's just the mechanisms of how we actually do that. Yeah. And I mean, none of that is suspended. None of those pieces of humanity, ambition, uh, aspiration, and full lived experience is suspended when you become a person of public interest uh, and have a profile in the case of Christopher Papas. Steve Litziger, thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank you so much for your work, your insights. I really do appreciate it.